it's a shift that parents have to make as children become teenagers to stop being the one telling and start being the one more observing and listening. The more you can kind of observe your kids, the more you'll start to see where they really need correction and where you can let them make their own mistakes. Hey there, and welcome to the Just Boldly Go podcast, where I help women face their fears, set goals, and take imperfect action towards creating a life they can't wait to get out of bed for every single day. If you'd like to see what we have going on, you can head over to justboldlygo.com. And if you're a women-owned business, we'd love to invite you to join our women-owned business directory at sheowns.org. All right, today I have with me Kara Coates. I'll let her tell you what exactly she does, but her website is called We Are Soul Simple, and she's got a really great thing she's doing in the world. So Kara, go for it. Tell us what you what you do. Oh, well, thank you, first of all, for having me here. It's so exciting to connect with you. I love to connect to other women who are supporting women in becoming their best selves, and that's kind of what I love to help people do. I am a reparenting relationship coach. I got started about 20 years ago working in social and emotional learning. And so I learned a lot of skills. I taught social and emotional learning skills in the inner city of Manhattan, of New York and Los Angeles. So I learned a lot of skills in how to deal with children with really challenging behaviors. So I worked with kids, then I worked with preschoolers, and I transformed everything that I learned from working with kids to teaching these social emotional learning skills. And not just, um, you know, it's nice to be a good person, you want to share all of those things, but it really comes down to how we behave and how we lead and how we react to the behaviors that we're presented with. And it's kind of like, an improv, I always say, for parents, because when you do something differently, you get a different reaction. So really, you want to center on yourself and how you're reacting to what's happening sometimes instead of trying to control everything around you. And it's so, so difficult. So that led me then to, well, how do you really do that? Like, how do you teach people to do that? How did I learn to do that? And for me, it came from I worked with these kids that were so challenging, but they reminded me of myself because I grew up in a really chaotic, really challenging environment. And I, I, I acted out because I really didn't know how to do any better. I, I didn't know any better. Like I really was doing the best that I could, but all my skills were kind of like survival skills. Mm-hmm. So when I worked with kids, I would have this conflict between knowing what they need and what's good for them, but also at the same time having to deal with like my own emotions and my own situation and my own feeling of being disrespect, my own feelings of fear, my own feelings of guilt, my own feelings of pressure from outside sources, whether it was my boss or whoever. And so I realized that's really what it comes down to. And for me, that's what led me to 
learning about and teaching and figuring out my way of reparenting. Because when we're able to give ourselves the nurturing that we need and the support that we need, we naturally give. We naturally care. We naturally nurture. But if we haven't filled in the gaps within us, it can feel like a competition between a parent and a child because they need something, but I don't have it to give. And it's really, really frustrating. So that's what I do. I love that. And, you know, as a parent and nobody can prepare you for this stuff. Like, even if you had the best parents, it's, you're still like completely in the dark and you have no idea what you're doing. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, we all have issues that we've grown up with, whether we realize it or not until we're much older, but we bring that to the table. And I love the idea of, you know, working through those issues so you can do better for your kids and, you know, that generationally they'll carry that on to their kids. Yeah, it's a really interesting time in history, I feel, because, you know, I don't have children yet. I've done all my experience as a teacher, but, you know, women have never been as isolated as they are now. They've yeah. never had as much responsibility on them as they have now. They've never had as much freedom as they have now. And they also have never had as much of an opportunity to actually create change as they do now. But all of that can feel like decision exhaustion because it's like, wow, the whole world is open to you in a way that it wasn't before, but you also have all of this responsibility. Your role is being defined by you instead of your outside culture. So I feel like women really need a lot more support now than they did in the past. And because they're not getting it necessarily from their extended families, from their churches, from wherever these communities that we had before. And we also have these walls taken down that we had, well, I guess the glass ceilings breaking where you don't have to just stay at home. There are so many things that you can do even even at home. You don't have to learn to just settle and fit into your box, but it can be really scary to step outside of it. So that's where I sort of help women make that transition as well from just extending their comfort zone step by step so they can reclaim a bit of their place in the world. That is so needed because, you know, so many women that I see and know have, are putting off their own dreams and their own desires because they have kids. And I'm trying very hard to help them understand that they don't have to put those things off. Like there's a way to do both at the same time, still take care of your kids, still take care of yourself and fit those other pieces in somehow. It seems overwhelming though. You're right. Like it's just such an overwhelming, daunting thing. And it takes stepping outside of a box that you've been in for a really long time to do it. So uh, what's your best tip for, you know, starting on that journey? My best tip for everything are, is really to create and carve moments where you're able to connect to yourself because you cannot have and achieve everything in the world, but you can have everything that you want, but you have to get really clear on what that is, whether it's your child's behavior that's going on, whether it's support that you want from a partner, whether it's different hours that you need at work, whatever it is that you need, whether what your next goal is not, you know, we can think so far in the future of what we want, but like, really like, what do I need today or tomorrow so that I can feel full enough? that I can feel capable enough, that I can feel confident enough to just keep taking the next steps in front of me. So carving out some time 
and it can be different for everybody. I like to work out because it, for me, it gets me really grounded in my body. Some people like meditation, some people it's a bath at the end of the day. It could be waking up early and journaling, reading, having your morning coffee, but whatever it is that gets you to feel just, you know, it's a feeling that you get when you're grounded within yourself and you feel like, okay, I can handle this day. That is our number one priority. You want to be able to hear your own voice and you want to be able to feel full enough so that you have something to give. I love that. I love it. I love it. I love it because that is exactly something that I preach regularly to people. I accidentally started having like a morning ritual a few years ago because I realized that if I got up before everybody, even if that was hellishly early, (laughs) but it, but when I did it, the days that I got up early and took care of me first, by the time everybody else was up, I'm in a great mood and I feel like I can take on the day. And the days when I don't do it, I'm grumpy and cranky and get out of my face and I ruin everybody else's day because I'm just such a cranky person already just in the morning. So I love that. It's exactly you're what not I say. Crank- <laughs> you're not cranky. You're empty. Yeah. Yeah. I, you're exactly right. That's exactly what it is. So. But- I feel the same sort of, and that's where that competition comes in. Like, oh gosh, like I can't be who I want to be and showing up how I want to show up with, you know, the energy that I want to show up. Yeah. Not, not just like excitement, but like calm and peace and yeah. grace and elegance and all of those feelings that we want to show up and be that mom, that woman in the world. But it's so ingrained in us. I have the same competition of like, priority with my dog you know sometimes I'm like I just moved to a new apartment and I bought all the dog stuff before I got mine because it's this idea if he's okay I'm gonna be okay right but it's not like that if I'm okay he's okay yeah absolutely but it's it's so it's just something that's so so ingrained in us that prioritizing nurturing ourselves it's the same nurturing energy it's just putting yourself on the list before you put everybody else on there I love that. Very good. Love it. I'll share with you too. It's not just, I'm like a neuroscience nerd as well. Like I'm, because I've had so much to learn myself that I learned at everything from every angle. So I also studied a lot of trauma research and all of this because all of that gets stuck in your bodies, you know, like the reactions, there are things that we feel in our bodies. So creating consistent rituals for ourselves. It's not something that just like, it's not like this woo-woo self-care, like, oh my gosh, kind of a thing. When you create consistency in your life, whether it's going to bed at the same time, it, it regulates your hormones. Yeah. So you start to, you're not fighting against your body. You're not fighting against this internal chaos, which is like just hormonal. You, you start to be able to have everything functioning to support you. So it's also science and like biological. It's not just like something nice to do. It's like really being able to supporting your yourself and your body so that you can support others. That's great. I love it. That's so perfect. Yeah. I, I know that, you know, when you, as moms, we're very good at depleting our own energy and not listening to our bodies and pushing until we're burnt out. When it comes to our kids, you know, what, we talked before this and, you know, mine are all teenagers now and it was hard when they were little, it was so hard, but it's, it's even harder now. I'm not going to lie. And (laughs) so how do you, 
how do moms cope with, you know, the, the changing of their kids' hormones, plus trying to balance their own hormones, plus trying to get along with everybody? Like what, how do we do this stuff? How are we supposed to do this stuff? <laughs> First of all, take everybody take a deep breath, right? <laughs> Including myself. Everybody take a deep breath. We all have ourselves included a really deep desire to feel seen, to feel heard, to feel known for who we are as individuals. And we all have a really, really strong desire to feel safe. So working on helping your children to express themselves in a way that they can do with confidence is really important. So it's a shift that parents have to make as children become teenagers to stop being the one telling and start being the one more observing and listening. The more you can kind of observe your kids, the more you'll start to see where they really need, where they really need correction and where you can let them make their own mistakes and like sort of see it's coming and then you can know how to support them on the back end um, and where you need to step in and say no and explain to them why, you know, it's same thing with toddlers. You have to, you you can explain to toddlers why not to do things and they'll look at you like you're crazy a little bit, but they understand it. But teenagers will really start to, when they can feel that you are having a conversation with them because you care about them as opposed to you're having a conversation like you need them to do something so that you feel better, less frustrated, less angry, more secure. It shifts the dynamic. And I'll give you a, I'll give you a tool. Okay. Cause I know I'm saying something that's like, yeah, that would be so nice. That would be so nice. But like, how do you actually do it? Okay. So I'll give you a tool. And I got this from positive discipline by Jane Nelson. And it worked. I'm telling you, I worked in classrooms where kids were like throwing desks across the room. Like And this works with them, so it can work with everyone. But you have to be in a place where you're really open. And so let's say your kids are fighting and one of them, you see do something bad, right? You see them hit the other one or you see them take something from the other one. So normally our attention goes to that one and just is like, why'd you do that? But we don't, we're not always aware of the backstory. Mm -hmm. So what we can say is like, listen, I noticed that you just stole that from your sister. I noticed that. And you say like what you see. And then you just say, what happened? Because there's always something that happened before that we don't know about. Yeah. So then you give them a chance to explain themselves and you give them a chance to feel heard. They're not like this bad person. They were triggered. Let's, you know, use the common word that's here, but something happened and they reacted to it. Yeah. So you want to know what happened. And this is, why did you steal that from your sister? And they could say, well, she stole it from me last week and all of this. And now you understand, okay, now we have to talk to the other person too, because we understand there's a dynamic that's going on. But what you can say to your child then at that point is, okay, what else could you have done? I understand you're mad. I understand you're frustrated by this. And it becomes about helping them to control their reactions to situations as opposed to them doing what you want them to do, right? So it's like, I know that you are frustrated. So they feel validated. They feel seen. But what else could you do as opposed to stealing this from her? 
And they might not have an answer right away, but you can ask them, okay, like when you're ready, you let me know. And you can kind of walk away. And then the the secret, the trick to having this be super duper successful is when you see them making that choice. Because the moment that changes someone's life is when they realize they have a choice, how they are going to respond to a situation. Yeah, That is the moment your life changes when it really sinks in. Like I can, I, I can respond differently. So when you see them make the different choice that they've told you, like, well, you know, I could um, tell you about it instead or whatever. When, when you see them do that, you just like give them a look. You don't have to even overwhelm them with praise or anything, but you just, you can catch them in the side of the room. You can see them coming up and you just, you just acknowledge it in a way that's very subtle. So it doesn't like overwhelm them, but you just acknowledge that they made a different choice. I could totally see how that that works perfectly. I really, even without implementing it, I already know that that will absolutely work. So it helps. And the other way to help them to feel safe is still, even though they may not need it, anytime there's like a big change, just like explaining it to them because they feel very much out of control. So if you can give them like the parameters of what's happening, we're going here, we're going there, we're doing this, like it helps them feel a little bit more in control and a little bit safer. So some of the behaviors that they give are pushback just because they don't understand what's going on and feel like confined. So the more you can explain to them, this is what's happening. This is how long it's going to last. This is what's going on, the safer that they'll feel. So this creates those, those feelings of safety and the feelings of confidence. I can, yeah, I, I've used those tools with my oldest son specifically, you know, just always letting him know what's going on. Cause he, when he feels out of control, that's when he acts out the most. So I definitely know that works as far as, you know, the whole idea of reparenting. I'm looking at your website because I was reading it earlier and I was noticing a couple of things that you said, you know, you will learn to be the compassionate woman you desire to be and the brave leader, you know, you can be. So how can you be both? Like sometimes it feels like you can't be a brave leader and be a compassionate woman. So how, how do those fit together? This comes down to, again, connecting to a space time for yourself so that you can know what you really want. I've made like big changes in my life. I've moved to a foreign country. I've done like big things like that. And what I've always noticed, they've always been like, I I just need, this is, I know this is my next step. And what happens is when you start taking risks and betting on yourself, you inspire everyone around you. When you, you know, when I said I was moving to Argentina, I had friends who were like, how can you do that? What's, and they push back and they, because to them that feels like impossible. Like, how can you do that? And there are other people that when I did that, they realized, you know what? I could do that too. It wasn't moving to Argentina, obviously, but um, one friend was in a long-term relationship with somebody who was in China. And so he was like, you know, I can change my life around so that I can spend more time with this person. So being a brave leader isn't about necessarily what you say to other people. People are watching you. So when you are bravely going after the things that you desire, not things that you think will give you stuff, you know, but like, really, like, I've always wanted to do this. This is really important to me. And going and doing it, you start inspiring everyone around you. And that's how you can be a brave leader. And what was the other one? It was a compassionate woman. 
But before you start that, I mean, exactly what you said is exactly another thing that I say to moms all the time. Specifically, you do inspire the people around you, but you absolutely inspire your kids by going after your dreams while they're still young, while they're growing up and seeing you do these brave things that like, and it may not even feel that brave to you, but it is something that you wouldn't have normally done. And you doing that, even if you end up failing, is so inspirational to your kids and really helps them build the muscles to do those things on their own when they're, you know, even as they're growing up. And once they're grown, they're going to take more risks and do more amazing things just because they saw you doing it. So that's my little Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. We learn our limitations and we learn our skills from our parents. So, you know you don't have to do those things. There's no pressure, you know, right. that you have to do those things, but you, I think the days of feeling we need to limit ourselves to be a good mother are over. I think we've seen enough people go out there, you know, the bumble woman with like a baby on her, on her hip. We've seen enough women to see like, okay, I can, I can do this, but you need, you need support around you. Definitely. So going back to being a compassionate leader and being a brave woman at the same time, you know, I'm filled with compassion because I've had so many experiences. How can you really necessarily be compassionate towards somebody unless you know struggle in some way yourself? So as you go out and you pursue, and I'm not talking about, you know, the American dream. I'm talking about your dream, whatever it is you are going to face challenges. You are going to face obstacles. You are going to have to shift, make shifts in your life and say no to some things that you were doing before and start doing new things that will get you where you need to go. And as you go through this process and as you transform yourself by going through the process of going after what you want, this is where you start to develop compassion. This is where when you're child says they want to be, you know, the star of the school play and they don't make it the first time you can share a story of like, you know what, my first launch for my business didn't work either. And that didn't mean to me that I wasn't supposed to be a businesswoman or that there's something wrong with what I'm offering. It just meant that I was not, I didn't either have the skills that I needed or I wasn't making the connection that I needed to make. So let's see if you want to be this, if this is super important to you, I understand how scary it can feel to try again after you've failed. I understand how, you know, all of this rejection, all of these feelings that will come up after that, and you want to just hide in a hole. But if this is important to you, we can do things. We can support you better so that next time you can perform better. And if it's not important to you, you'll know that it's not worth the work to you, but don't stay small just because you failed one time, right? So you can have compassion because you're going out and living more experiences. You can have more compassion with the world as, you know, you might start manufacturing a product and then you're going and traveling to India and China or Colombia or here. And suddenly you're seeing, This is how these people work. This is how these people live. This is how it's going on. And you start to understand the world in a different way, which will give you more compassion. So it is possible to be both, but both of them rely on you sort of honoring your own desires and putting them out there in the world. 
Love that so much. Love that. Like you just verbally like said everything that I have ever wanted to say to anybody. So yay. Oh, this is so fun. (laughs) Compassion really is, I think the secret to the world being a better place. I mean, obviously, but just getting out and meeting other people and seeing how much they're like you people on the other side of the world are just like us. And if more people would get out there and see that, I think we'd all get along a whole lot better. We all want the same things, but we can go about getting them in different ways. But at the, at the core, we all want to feel safe. We all want to feel loved. We all want to feel like we belong somewhere. Yeah. This was such a great conversation. I am so glad you joined me. So thank you. where can I send people to, you know, get more of your insight? You, well, my website, you mentioned, we are soulsimple.com. And that's also my handle on Instagram. We are soul simple. So you can check me out there. And I share lots of just tips in general and how to have better relationships and keep investing in your relationships because it's really the key to resilience and to also happiness in life. So check me out in both places. Thank you for having me. Wonderful. Thank you so much for being here. Here I come.